Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. We're on one track. We're on one track. We're live, In folks. the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created. And, and you shall renew, renew the, the face, face of, the, of earth. the earth. We always say a prayer, and Father Sean, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, it's the feast day of St. Uh, no, the Roman Martyrs. Shoot. Roman Candles. The Roman Martyrs, but also uh, Sister oh. Hema. Sister Hema, the missionary of charity, who fed me curry this morning. Hema so means blood. I'm just giving her a shout out. She will never hear this. Where'd you get that? Because they do not listen to media and have no electronics. I got that in your fridge, man. I'm drinking a spindrift. I got to go get one. Uh, lemonade. You keep talking. Right. Are we going to restart this? Are we live right now? We are live. Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Catholic Stuff You Should Know. This is Father Sean. And this is Father Mike. And this is a show about all ki- all things Catholic. About a million possibilities or more. Okay, while well, Father Sean goes to his thing, I'm going to tell you I got the creepiest call. Um, maybe not the creepiest. But it, I felt like I had to get it checked to see if it was voice modulation for um one of those like anonymous you know like when they do the documentary 60 minutes and the face is blurred out and then the voice is weird um because they don't want them to be known hello father mike this is stanley i I have weird energies in my apartment and i would like you to come over and deal with them they might be ghosts thank you please call me back no i get the weird calls where it's like hi this is general electric if you don't call us back in 24 hours, we will take your social security number and run it and give it to someone else. Please call us back ASAP. And they're trying to get your social security number. Yeah, they're, they're insane. They're or they'll fakes? Be like, they're, those are fakes. They are? I don't Wait, know. so I wasn't supposed to give them my social oh, security number? Are you being number? sarcastic? I can't tell. I don't even know. I don't know you well enough. How's that? Li- are you sanguine? That lime? Dude, this spindrift is amazing. It was the last one in the fridge, so... It's pretty good. It's like they're trying to get in between that boring La Croix um, hi, hi, hibernation. What do you call it? Hydration. Carbonation Carbonation. Water. Carbonated water. And then trying to put some flav in there and keep it like three calories here. And I, I approve. Spindrift. Father I've Mike. been told, though, that this, the La Croix is not as... Um, hydrating as I had once thought. Yeah, I don't know if it's even healthy for you, but I do like the taste of it. See, there's no stats, but there's rumors going around. Do you do you um, believe those uh, wives' tales? Which ones? I feel ones? like that's kind of misogynistic. <laughs> Old wives' tales? <laughs> of course I believe you know? them. Some, uh, of, some of them. I don't know what you have. Uh, if I think of some over the course of this, I, hey, um, <laughs> Catholic stuff, what do they call it? Listener land. Give, send in your emails of old wives' tales. Your favorite ones. We should or shouldn't believe. But send in no more than two, please, because we'll get lists, dude. You can just find lists on the internet. Okay, I don't know what that is. Tell me if this was a dream or if this was reality, because I don't even know. Okay, it starts like this. It, it was yesterday, and I walk into this kind of beautiful foyer, foyer, 
and there's marble and there's elevators in front of me and there's like a nice one of those nice digital screen directories where sounds you sounds like heaven touch screens oh it's glorious and, and i can't remember if there were like music playing but um i you turn the corner into what seems i think it's an office and there's like a exercise bike and there's like one of those big rubber balls that you can do uh, like stretches or something on. Right. And I meet this nice guy who tells me to come, come into the back room and uh, let's just, I'm going to give him a name. Let's just call him Dr. Steve. Okay. So I go into the back room and <laughs> I realize, oh, this is a, this is probably a physical therapy appointment because my ankle hurts a little bit. I've been training a lot, et cetera. So he says, why don't you lay down there? And I lay down on this, whatever, the operating table. And I look around. Oh, there's this nice, like, kind of American furniture warehouse mountain pictures on the wall. And um, just uh, there's a window to my side that looks out and on a field. And it's got those nice slat uh, shutters and stuff. It was, I feel good. Then all of a sudden... He's kind of put, poking at my ankle and everything. And I thought, oh, this is going to help. And then all of a sudden, he takes out this contraption and he starts jabbing needles into my leg muscles. And I thought, what are you doing? What is this real? And he's jabbing the needles and metal. <laughs> and uh, I think, okay, well, maybe he's doing acupuncture or something. And all right, I'll trust him on this stuff because uh, I've known this you know, Dr. Steve, presumably. And then he takes out what looks like a remote control or something and starts hooking it to the needles. And all of a sudden I discover that it's a taser and my, my leg is filled with electricity and my foot starts jumping on its own involuntary motion. Blah, 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 blah. It was so weird. And I felt like I was Frankensteining. Was this Dr. Steve Saya by chance? Oh, you can't say the name. Oh, so wait, this was not a dream then. This is well, real. That's what I'm wondering. Because I felt... What do they call I it? The BFR machine or whatever? I was Frankensteining, dude. Is that a verb? To Frankenstein? It can be now. I was... It was so weird because it was not my head that was changing my feet, but it was blah, 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 blah. blah. And uh, so then, okay, that was surreal. I wake up this morning... I, and there's no pain in my in my ankle and i don't know like i thought for sure that is so bizarre that can't be real you think that's real i do think it's weird real because i've had that too that technology scares me if well here's real. the thing if it gets the blood flowing back to the parts of your body so like i had some knee pain for a while and uh dr steve or dr ed would put needles like the dry needling and then they would put the dry on. needling yep there you go and then it would send the electricity through zapping everything and trying to get blood flow back and like because blood is healing it has all the nutrients so no it's super cool but it is kind of crazy like it's you're using weird. electricity it reminds me of those um the, the like science experiments in the 70s which at the time weren't really experienced uh, experiments they really believed this that like the electrode therapy that if you just put enough electricity in your brain, you yeah. could like reverse mental illness and stuff. Yeah. Zap ever it seen, here, um, zap it there. Have you ever read or seen uh, one who flew over the cuckoo's nest? Oh, I like the movie. Yeah. I mean, that's a classic. It's an Academy award. It best, is. Yeah. I had picture. to read that book in high school. Very Jack good book. Nicholson. Sounds right. Yeah. And, and then goes, that big native American guy who's awesome. Yeah, I don't remember his name. But that, and he wins in the end. 
He does one in the I end. can't tell you any more than that, spoiler, but spoiler that's a great film. Maybe not for the kids, but um, yeah, just fascinating and beautifully acted. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, they got some, like the, the nurse in there, I think was like the best actress award or whatever it's called, but uh, the book is also very good. So I'll have to check that out. There is, I think there's a lobotomy kind of, uh, like the electronic thing. Yeah. Brain... Oh, I can't even remember what that's called. Shock therapy. Yeah, shock therapy. There it is. You know? Electric shock. All right. Well, I got therapy that. I got, I got that yesterday. Electric th- shock therapy. Yeah, but you got it on your knee or your ankle. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like my brain is scrambled just the same. Well, that your brain has always been scrambled. The, the coffee and the curry. Okay. Let's talk about jealousy. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about jealousy. <laughs> what do you think? That was a great segue. All right. So, um, I he I, is I did jealous for me. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, thinking of God's jealousy. Well, let me frame it. Let's start with the kids. Yesterday, I did first confessions, and I can't tell you what they said exactly. What was the worst thing but that th- someone said? I, can I tell you that? No, definitely not. Okay. Not not for okay. Yeah, I won't go there. So, um, but it reminded me that a lot of kids' confessions um, involve things like jealousy. Mm. I wanted my brother's truck, or I got mad because I don't have this or that, or I want it, you know? And I realized this is pretty common to young people, and before they start confessing serious, like, it, it is a serious sin. And it's um, evidence of a serious problem from the fall, you know, a concupiscence. And, but it's, I just noticed it's one of those primal things. So it happens early. You think of like my nephews and you give them a red popsicle. This is a real example. You give him a red popsicle to Max and then he's enjoying his popsicle. He's so happy because he's got a popsicle and he didn't before. And now he's got that sugar in his mouth and everything. Right. And then um, Jojo gets a blue popsicle. And now Max doesn't want his red popsicle. He wants a blue popsicle. And he cannot enjoy the red popsicle. Not one bit. It to him is like disgusting because it's keeping him from that blue popsicle. <laughs> because if he didn't have his in hand, maybe he would get a blue one or a green one. And I thought that is such dumb jealousy, but it's something that I think I still see in my life. And I think everyone, even though we get a little bit distracted from it, it's just part of the moral struggle in life. And maybe we don't take it as seriously as some of the other things. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just operative everywhere. So it's fascinating me right now. And I, I'm curious about your thoughts on jealousy. On jealousy. Yeah. And if we can sort out either like a way out or make some more sense of it or something like that. So what's the last thing you've been jealous of? Well, is this a confession? You, you know what? That's what Judy Berry said. Really? All right. But I'll tell you hers. I'll confess hers. You know? Um <laughs> She said the last one was of uh, holiness, mm. you know, seeing other people and just admiring. Yeah, their a certain piety holy jealousy. I felt that this morning when I saw the missionaries of charity floating in ecstasy. Sometimes I do that. I mean, they really are holy and they're simple and they're happy. And I was like, man. Yeah. So, what is it that the difference between like admiration, happiness? Mm. 
What about that's envy? not bad, right? Even envy. Envy's similar to jealousy. Yeah. Obviously, but there's there's a distinction that we can make. But I think you're right. I think Wait, wait, wait. Define envy then. Or what's the difference? Typically we say uh jealousy is um how do we phrase this? Jealousy is I see something, I see a gift or something that someone else has that I wish I had and therefore I'm kind of like down on myself. Mhm. Envy is I see a gift that that person has and therefore I don't like that person because they have that gift. So envy is actually worse than jealousy. Yeah. Because it turns into like a hatred of the other person for the gift that they have. And it's uh, also has an intention to destroy that gift. Right. So it's like, uh, not only am I jealous that this person is holy, but I'm going to go provoke them to lash out right. and do something unholy. Or um, I'm going to undermine their, I'll show you that kind of stuff. But jealousy is more like that maybe first step. And it's just, it's bad too. Right. But envy is like the name of the deadly sin. Correct. Yeah. So maybe it is more it's, it's extreme more, or something. Yeah, I think it's more it's grave. It's taking a, yeah, a kind of a vengeful or nasty, malicious kind of right. action on well, account of this feeling of jealousy. Is je- jealousy isn't just a feeling though, right? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, the will gets involved here, right? Because especially for envy, I'm choosing to be malicious or, or vengeful towards another person. But excuse me, even jealousy in general, there's a certain choice I make of like, I wish I had what they had. And, and then there, there yeah, tends to be maybe a I'm going to live for that too. Exactly. And then there tends to be a sadness of like, why don't I have what that person has? Yeah. Right. So I think when I was in high school and even early college, jealousy really took a hold of me through social media, right? Because mm. you, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're on uh, these sites in which like I would spend hours, hours on end thinking of like, what can I post on Facebook to get the most likes? And so it becomes this very <laughs> really? self-focused. Really? Oh yeah. That's why I got rid of social Obsessive. media. That was, that was one of the reasons why I got rid of social media. And there was, it was so liberating once I did, because I wasn't so consumed of like, what do other people think of me? Right. And mm. the jealousies that can come, but it's a false reality. Cause you go on Instagram and someone's posting a picture of like them traveling in France. I'm like, you were in France three months ago. Like, why are you still posting photos of you being in France? And yeah. so it's this false reality that if someone doesn't know that, you're just like, I'm jealous of that person because they're in France right now. I'm living, look at me. I'm in the iPhone fetal position, as I call it, laying in bed, <laughs> looking at Instagram, looking at my friends doing sweet things. They're not doing those things. You think they are? Maybe they did, or two maybe ago. they did it once, or they. But they're only showing you the best, right? And so it becomes this false reality in which I have these jealousies that come up. So that's where I think really feeds jealousy. Oftentimes, is like, look at these sweet, awesome things that people are doing. That would be the the like the the defections of it, the defects of it. But I do think, yeah, and I can laugh at you for the hours and hours of obsessive thing. But for me, it's um, maybe not as intentional like that with the social media thing. And I am kind of like, I think I was too old for the social media thing. I didn't grow up on that as like the, you know, the Pavlov's dogs, you know, button, happy button. I, there's definitely that, um, but it's kind of other forms. Um, But for me, people pleasing, it's like that. People pleasing. I really do get anxious and afraid and angry about 
trying to satisfy other people's um, I don't know, expectations. Yeah. But part of that is just, you know, other people are, are good at um, meeting people's expectations. And I want to do, I want to do the same thing or I want to do it better. Right. I'm a very competitive person. I think a lot of that comes from jealousy. Mm. It's just like, and, and some, some of envy of like, you think you're great. I'm going to show you. Right. But there's also like, I'm, I push myself, push myself cause I'm jealous of that yeah. person. I think that's a lot of my ambitions. I see that in like academics. I push myself to the limits because I say, um, that person seems so great. I wonder how awesome I could be at that. I'm jealous of their success. Yeah. And I want to be a successful person. Right. So I'm going to push, push, push and be miserable <laughs> because yeah. I want to chase that ex that excellence or something. That's my popsicle. Right. You know, but one like the popsicle, I can achieve something and still be miserable and then immediately want something else. Yeah. I have to do better at this. I can give a great homily at the cathedral and before I even like enjoy it. I'm worrying about the class that I'm going to teach tomorrow mm. and whether or not it's going to be excellent, you know. Yeah, it's a kind of a hard life to keep up with. Okay, so that comes up. And then the sin always has consequences. And I think maybe the the consequence of jealousy. One, okay, one I just identified as anxiety because I'm worried about how I'm going to keep up with those people. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And keeping then, up with the, uh, Joneses. You yeah. Know? Those Joneses, <laughs> those Joneses next door. That's jealousy, right? Yep. Yeah. They got the cool car. Now I got to work harder and make myself miserable to get a, even a better car. Right. So, but you'll never fulfill it. You'll never succeed. Cause it's always one thing. Like you get the car and then it's the boat and then it's the RV and then yeah. it's wh- whatever's next. Or I just and get miserable because I can't do it. Right. You know, I work at Burger King and that guy works in Wall Street, you yeah. know, um, and I could be excellent, but I'm probably not going to get that Benz or whatever. Right. Um, okay. So anxiety. And then I think that thing of uh, feeling sorry for ourselves. Mm. you know, I'm just not going to be happy. And that's, that's Max with his red popsicle. I can't enjoy my life and the good things, the really good things in my life because I've decided I want something else or yeah. So something of a lack, you know, I lose gratitude, but feeling sorry for myself. Right. Well, woe is me. Right. Yeah. The kind of almost the self pity that we can fall Mm -hmm. into. Why don't I have these things? And why is always a really bad question to ask. It's a, natural question to ask of like why why don't i have these things we always want to know why but it's not a good question because the lord may never answer the why and Mm. maybe he will in 50 years i don't know but oftentimes the better question to ask is what jesus what are you teaching me right now Mm. through this um kind of suffering of man i wish i had that car like you know, and, and again, sometimes there's holy jealousies of like, man, I wish I was a better preacher like Father Mike or something. You know, there, there can be holy jealousies, but when it becomes the sorrow focusing on myself, I just throw self-pity and then I have no freedom to really love God anymore. Yeah. And I have like this restless brain and I think that's 
just constitutional, you know, something I was born with. People have certain conditions and, um, I think it makes me constantly analyzing and constantly running in my head. And when I look at people who seem like they have serenity and peace, I'm like, why can't I have that? Please. Like, it's just hard to live with myself or something. Mm. And I think the trick, yeah, I like that, that what, um, because it's almost like, yeah, what do you want and what can I, what can I do? Like what's next instead of I'm going to sit and pity and worry about um why i can't you know in with that comparison yeah um it's usually for physical things right like why why do i have cancer right that's that's an often question people ask like why why am i suffering i think that's we did that podcast on suffering like why am i suffering but the better question is jesus what are you teaching me through this suffering i can't change the suffering but I can change my attitude maybe towards it yeah, and and what Jesus wants to teach me through it. Yeah. And I just thought was thinking with my example of the missionaries of charity this morning, I was like, this is so dumb for me to be immediately feeling sorry for myself. And I, but it's something like what you just said. It's like, this is in some way a reaction, mm. like emotions are reactions. They, um, like anger or sorrow or there's just a way that our mind responds to a situation that uh, a given situation and maybe jealousy is like that like the first thing that came to my feelings was um man i wish i were like those sisters and then there's a choice if i can recognize the good in my life and just say, well, I'm, I'm, this is great. I'm like up in the morning going to serve people, yeah. trying to help these nice ladies. And I'm, I know how to pray and I know God and that makes me happy. And I saw these flowers and I <laughs> think there's tons <laughs> of stuff to just be satisfied with. Why yeah. do I have to just like focus on this, um, feeling of my lack and then so i can kind of count my blessings and then just be happy for the sisters why can't i just be happy for the sisters that there's holy people out there Mm. and even my lack should just make them shine brighter and make me happier about the brightness not like down on myself about the imperfection the limits and i'm not a i'm not a bad guy but i start to think like that yeah i think right there that's where the you're striking at the heart of what jealousy is so I think in typically very, um, I, I love moral theology. So I'm so glad you picked this topic. Cause this is like, I just Bread like get butter, so baby. excited for this. Um, the wheelhouse. What does that wheelhouse. even mean? The wheelhouse. Is it like a shed where you put old tires? <laughs> That's a really good question. <laughs> Whenever anyway. you think about words, you like, like moist. Yeah. I don't know why people hate that word. I think it's fine. Anyway, I think it's very weird as an etymologist. I don't know where it comes from. Well, it's you got to look Latin, it up. It's not Greek. It can't be German. I have no idea. It came out of nowhere. It could just be like made up dew. word. The dew frost. But like you say a word over and over again, and you're like, huh, that's a really strange word. What are you? This is a tangent. It, it was a tangent, but that's because you, you said wheelhouse. Oh, wheel, like, wheelhouse. That's what it was. So no, I love right. moral theology and especially the virtues and 
right? Because it's, I think in typically in like um, processes or steps and it's like, oh, in order to be holy, like you have to do this. That's the detriment of it. Cause I don't think it's like, uh, 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 how do I phrase it? I, I can't think right now, but essentially we do know you have to be virtuous in this life, right? Aristotle says that like, if you want to be happy in this life, be virtuous, live the virtuous moral life. All that to say, like, uh, what are, so what are the virtues? I did feel self-conscious about using this topic when I brainstormed about it because I thought, I hope father Sean, I don't want to provoke you to jealousy, but I hope father Sean is as crazy as Chris Considine. OCD. Because you ask him something like this, you give him a moral category, and That's he starts true. ding, 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 ding. It's like this whole taxonomy of virtue and vice. Yeah. And then he'll take off his shelf a definition of, well, here's how you treat jealousy. Right. No, then that's ding, what I'm ding, getting ding. to. Because this, this is what I love about it. And so, like, you're striking at the heart because essentially jealousy has to do with sadness. It's a sadness towards uh, another's good, mm-hmm. right? You're sad at, at what they have and what you lack. So you touched on that, like, why am I feeling sorry for myself all the time? Why am this? You know, that's that's the jealousy. And the antidote to it, at least one of them, is gratitude. Am mm-hmm. I satisfied? Am I happy with the things? Can I be grateful for what God has given me? Even though, like, this person might be holier than me, do I have the gratitude to know, like, I'm actually right where God wants me to be? Mm-hmm. And when he's ready to take me into the next mansion, to use the language of St. Teresa of Avila, He'll take me there. All I have to do is cooperate and show up. But these are gifts, right? And we're and when gifts are meant to be received, and we're grateful for them. Mm-hmm. But jealousy as sadness—the way to overcome it—is I think gratitude is is the main way. I think I'm sure there's other ways too. But what's the word for like that affirmation where you say, "I'm going to share in the happiness of my other person." So I say, okay, I feel overwhelmed and I'm mad that I have two jobs. I work at the seminary, I work at the cathedral, and that guy over there seems to be living a pretty chill life as a priest. Yeah. He seems to have it pretty easy and I'm jealous. And um, and even if, I don't know, he's doing a good job with his stuff and I'm doing a pretty good job with mine, even though I feel overwhelmed in the moment. Right. So why don't I just say I'm happy for that guy and Hey, I appreciate that we're serving the same God and you're doing a great job, you know? So that kind of affirmation, that was that second piece of like enjoying my life Mm -hmm. when I see the sisters and then also praising their virtue instead of comparing myself. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what that one is of affirmation. They did a podcast. Jake, Jake and father John did a podcast Mm -hmm. on, honoring or affirmation or something like how to honor someone yeah something like that but it is just recognizing the good in other people and other things i also think it's joy right joy deeper than happiness like happiness oftentimes comes not always but often it comes from what we do or how we live but joy is that deeper abiding presence of of happiness in our life that joy of the gospel joy of being with the lord you can be completely joyful in suffering. So I think there's a certain, I choose to live joyfully, right? I pray for it, I beg Mm -hmm. the Lord for it, but when I choose to live joy, I'm not so focused on what this other person has in their life because it doesn't, I mean, it it doesn't matter in a certain sense of like, yeah, we praise God for this gift, they're living, 
this gift they're they're bringing it deeper to the body of christ but i don't need to be so focused on that i don't have it because god's given me a gift to build up the body of christ in the way that he wants me to build up the body of christ Mm -hmm. yeah i love it and i think um it's a good point to say like sadness will hit you but you can let it pass and you can choose joy instead of just sitting there right you you make too much of it you can just but you also have to acknowledge that it's going to come so you can be a joyful person and then have sadness hit you and you can let it you can let it ride but don't let it then tempt you into saying like oh i just i'm not good at this project now the joy project yeah you know how much time we got? Can I do 10 minutes on modesty? Yeah, do it. I don't know how much time. I don't know how to work GarageBand. I, mean, you know, I think we're like, back to clicks. <laughs> how many clicks we got? Yeah, we have we have 900 bars. So it's counting in music. Oh boy. And I don't know how many 900 bars relates to in Well, seconds. let me just talk modesty for a minute. Um, modest is hottest. Okay, modest is hottest. So when you say modesty, everybody thinks of, okay, put put clothes over your skin kid because you're well what is it it's it's not just how you dress for one modesty applies to all kinds of things but it's a way of saying don't show off and provoke other people's jealousy okay so i have had great things happen in my life and have had wonderful experiences and um, am capable of a lot of things and am happy for those things, but I don't have to make those super known. You know, I don't have to celebrate those in front of everybody who hasn't had that because it can be respectful just not to provoke their jealousy. Mm. And I can recognize that. So the, the image of the body is like the easiest example because it's like young people want to flaunt their hot bodies you know they're still tight they don't have wrinkles they're usually fit and it's kind of good that right you know we should celebrate beauty as a culture yeah. but what it does is it makes other people say i don't look like that right uh, i you know i've lost it or that takes a lot of work for me to get you know and and also maybe i never looked like that or whatever it is but um and i'm not saying like I wish, I think as a result of the fall, we have to have modesty Mm -hmm. because we get jealous. And so, but it's a choice. It's like, if you look around, another word for that is, um, of immodesty is being a show off, you know? Right. And that's part of the problem with your Instagram thing is that people are going to take pictures in front of their bling car and it's like the Jake Paul and the rappers, you know, they're going to just tell you how awesome they are constantly right and make you feel like you're not or that's the effect it has sure the immodesty but there's also a pride there so the christian virtue is to say i can be modest i can choose whether or not to advertise all the awesomeness in my life Mm. and i love that about my missionaries of charity too like they don't even i asked if i could take a picture with them and they said no no father and I thought, right. well, come on. And this is just for me. But they don't yeah. have anything to show off. They want to be anonymous. They even are careful about giving their names. That's true. They're just sister. Right. Every sister is sister. Right. And I, it, it's, it's beautiful. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. And I, I think we could use a lot of modesty in our culture. 
even in within the Catholic bubble, right? It's like, why do you have to? You don't have to advertise that you had this great pilgrimage or that you um, have succeeded in your novena or, mm. um, you know, I don't. But it, I don't want to discourage people from piety or from doing great things. No, because right. I love holy ambition and I love seeing people be great. But they don't have to be out in the open, I think is what you're saying. Right. You don't that's have to really, show off. It's showing off. That's really interesting of that connection. I've never thought of that, of like modesty protecting the jealousy of others. Mm-hmm. That if I'm modest in uh, dress and appearance and what I drive, people aren't going to be jealous per se. Like we can't control what others think or or we shouldn't live out of that. But there's always a certain humility or a certain kind of awareness that we have to have in life of like in priests we talk about this sometime especially when we try to live when, when are we going to start living poverty right mm-hmm. uh famous quote by father brian, father brian. larkin um, my pastor when are we going to start living poverty in and it's kind of, like, of sarcastic when he yeah. says it i should i should make a point of yeah that. we should definitely clarify that but this idea of like if i'm truly living poor should i be driving a car worth 10 grand you know why not worth one grand? Well, I have to get around, you know, it's like you need a car that's actually worth or it actually has the ability to drive and get from place A to B. But just that sense of like, if, if I'm driving a Corvette around and someone gave it to me for free, is that okay for a priest to drive? Or if a priest who's meant to be living a certain simplicity of life, does that now cause jealousy from others who cannot afford that Corvette? Right. Do you, want to provoke your, do you want to provoke your parishioners to jealousy mm. and say, well, you should feel miserable about how many kids you're having because it makes you poor right. or, you know, your lack of freedom because I get to travel the world and go do what I want on the weekends and you have, you know, a, you got your lockdown. Um, so I don't know how to, I, I think there's like a balance of like, how do you, enjoy the beautiful things and in your own life and in other people's life and then also not provoke the jealousy of others right and i i think it's just they're good kind of questions and if uh, one thing i think that is can help me is to have a trusted crew who you've shared experiences with so i've done some traveling in my life that happened to kind of work out with my circumstances and everything. And I can celebrate those, say, for example, with father John, Mm -hmm. who I've traveled those with. Right. So we can get together and we can have cheers and talk our old stories. But if I'm doing that in front of the, some of the other guys, then that's not fair Mm -hmm. because then they're going to start building their list of things that they missed out on and what they need to do. And there's a beauty to like having those group of guys, the, the thought that comes to mind is like inside jokes. We all have inside jokes with different people, which is fun, which is nice to be able to, I don't know, be doing something and be like, Hey, remember that one time when da, 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 like that. There's a joy to that yeah. as you're talking about, but we can't get stuck in that because we also have to make new memories with new friends. Yeah. And I think there's some, yeah, that's right. And I, I like to think that there is a place. I don't like this sense of, all the body shame Mm. Um, and not, I don't mean that in like the woke, like, you know, you're fat. So body shame or whatever, but like everything is immodest. That's immodest. That's immodest. You're showing too much skin or whatever. There's a balance. There's a balance. And I think 
beautiful young people should celebrate that. They should look beautiful. They shouldn't try to be frumpy. Right. You know, right. you'll get there. Right. <laughs> you'll get there. But I, Dad yeah. Bod. In, in modesty in general. So there's a couple of things to think about. Jealousy and um, modesty and gratitude and joy. Yeah, I love it. One connection, uh, this might be opening a can of worms, but one, one connection just that priests can really become jealous of, uh, especially pastors, is why is everyone going to that church? What's wrong with my church? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with what I'm doing? Um, and I think one of the challenges in today's kind of modern era is because we have the car, we don't really have parish boundaries per se anymore. Uh, people don't go to their parish boundary church, which I think is okay. But my challenge typically for a lot of people, especially the younger crowd is fine, go to whatever church you want, but commit to it. Don't just hop around. And there's a lot of people who hop around and, and, um, but going back to more of the jealousy thing is like us priests can sometimes struggle with of like, oh man, like that church has, you know, I don't know, yeah, it's a, growing. a beautiful it has crucifix money. They got or renovation. Whatever. Yeah. It's more beautiful. They have more money. They have more of this. And it's like, it's, it's so easy for us to fall into, but if we're really honest, why do we get jealous of places that are bearing fruit? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. How do you celebrate that thing? Yeah. That's right. That's it, right. We're and, and it's hard. It's not the only place where God is working. God can work in poverty. God can mm. work in um, suffering. And so it wouldn't be the same thing as saying that's blessed by God and mine's not. Yeah. But I I totally agree. You know, let the beautiful let the beautiful things be beautiful. Mm. You know, let the the good things be good and try to focus on that. I, there's tons of jealousy in the priestly world. It's ugly. It's gross, mm. but it's there and it's human. Um, and it's not the only thing either. There are some really beautiful things. I really appreciate There was one moment where Father Chris Siebert, I went to a um, priestly Wait, Steve Siebert? Pr presbyteral meeting. What did I call him? Chris? Chris, yeah. No, Brother Steven. Steve Siebert. Um, I went to a presbyteral meeting and I was back from Rome and I had a number of guys kind of grumble and give me grief about just they don't know the life. So they were grumbling about you're on this extended vacation and everything. And they don't know that I'm miserable. <laughs> they would never be jealous of it if, if they were in the middle of it. Mm. Um, and, and they were kind of like, well, we'll see how you, we'll see how you are as a teacher. And I felt, I felt really self-conscious. I still feel self-conscious about that. And Siebert comes up and he says, Oh, Hey, you're, I heard you're studying you guys are awesome. You really, you guys who are studying, you should give us conferences and uh, you should be, you should write us articles. You could be really edifying for the church. Wow. And I'd love to hear what you have to say. That's you know? awesome. We could all share in your education and everything. And he wasn't trying to respond to anything. He came up out of nowhere. He just wanted to celebrate, you know, the good that I was receiving, but almost like it was a shared thing. Yeah. Like this brother in my family I love is that. getting accolades. And so we're all feeling good yeah. you know it's like the what's that um phrase of um the rising tide rises all raises all ships or yeah something. all ships rise together all right so that's enough what about shout outs shout outs um there's a lot i want to give but just to narrow it down to one 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 in the many would be my parish because last night wait 
what's today, Thursday? Who knows when this will come out, but Tuesday, January or June 28th, uh, we had a big 75th anniversary celebration of Our Lady of Lords, which was so awesome. Um, yeah, it was really beautiful. We, we were hosting the relics of St. Bernadette, which uh, are traveling around the U S right now from France. We were able to host them here at Our Lady of Lords. And we just in God's providence, we were able to time it with our 75th anniversary celebration. So our 75th anniversary was February 26th of this year, 2022, which is when uh, the parish was founded back in 50, um, 57, that would be. And so it was just really, really beautiful. Uh, we had, of course, Father Brian here uh, as our pastor. He gave an excellent homily, excellent kind of toast and um over the course of dinner. We had Archbishop here. He was the main celebrant at Mass. And then we had a couple of the former pastors, Father Bob Fisher, Father or uh, Monsignor Peter Kwong. And then we had uh, one of the founding family uh, oh, cool. priests of, of the parish, uh, Monsignor Bob Amundsen. He was not baptized here, but he was three years old when they found the parish. What? And so now he's 78. He's retired. Wow. Uh, but it was just so cool to see him. So he received, He went to school here. He received all his three other sacraments here. Wow. But he was three years old when the parish was founded. And it was just really beautiful to see. That's beautiful. Um, is, we're now in our third church, right? So the original church was in the basement. We have the main church that was just recently renovated. So now three churches later. And uh, he's still kicking it. Now he's a priest. I think we've had about five or six vocations from this parish. Yeah. Which is awesome because it's such a small parish. Yeah. Um, and so, oh, it's awesome. It was like the old, you know, patriarchs of the parish built the grotto, grotto. and maybe even the first church. There's been like yeah, phases. Yeah, it surprise me. It's so cool how parishes work. And it's, you know, in the history of the church, that's young. So hopefully this is going to be, you know, the next thousand years you get Our Lady of Lords. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe I mean, you think we're in the infancy can. of the church still, I heard. Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, I, I think, think we got another... 300,000 years at least. It's possible. It just we'll depends see. if we all turn into robots and go to Mars or whatever. I don't know. I kind of want to go Who to knows Mars. what's going on, but I, the, the grace of God. Okay. I want to shout out uh, this guy called Mike Baldwin, who is from Las Vegas, but um, met me. We ran into each other in a parking lot at the seminary, and he just happened to be dropping off a gift for Catholic stuff you should know. Cool. And he's a regular listener. He's cousin or something lives over by the seminary nice so it was great it was just kind of rando but a real gift in my day you know just lighten it up a little easter egg i don't know that's not the right that's term. not the right word but we can use it a little easter egg <laughs> yeah gift. i mean something you find all of a sudden you run into um and then also sarah van fleet is a uh, a missionary serving at camp voitiwa this summer awesome that's like where our catholic kids run around like savages and live in teepees and pray and stuff so go back yeah climb mountains so she is from pensacola Uh, i'm gonna get that wrong but she's a longtime fan she loves it she still owes me i asked her for two topics and she panicked and couldn't answer because she was uh, just so excited to be serving god at the camp i think yeah so anyway sarah van fleet you're cool all right that's awesome god bless you everybody catholic stuff podcast at gmail.com go get it have a great summer hags don't know what that is have a great summer (laughs) cool all right bye everyone (laughs) 